From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Not on the agenda, Bill George. <laughs> Hi, welcome everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors Hour number two. It's a cold Saturday morning. It's going to be in the 60s all day today with a very stiff wind coming out of the north northwest. So if you are Jeremy and you're planning on going kayaking somewhere around the Alafia River, as I told him yesterday, good luck. Well, what bait should I use? Good luck. <laughs> Good luck out there in the breezy breeze. Uh, you might get lucky and uh, land in a couple of trout if you can get out by in some of those islands and get out of the wind for a while, especially on a kayak, because it's going to be um, a little fun day. It's going to be a little fun out there today. But if you're going to go out, please be safe. And uh, hey, it's going to be a beautiful day. I'm not saying that you won't catch fish. But would you rather have a tough. bad, windy day out in the kayak trying to catch hey. fish or sitting in a tree stand? Or? Sure, why not? That would be awesome to be able to do that. I, I may be headed out to the woods. I don't know. This cool weather, somebody might just decide to shoot a pig or something. Hey, I got, uh, well, obviously not going to be in North Florida, but... We might have a little trip down to Lake Wales tomorrow just to see what happens on the last day of general gun season in the well, state of Florida. That well, would be nice. I'm, I'm really hoping we get I, – I need a last little bit here to finish it out because right now for the last two days – well, I, not today, but the previous two days, there has been a big 10-point running around the, the – house area your house area yeah well it may be his last days uh, of, of joy and a big 10 point well do, wait a minute wait do a your minute, thing wait bill minute, george that 300 wait, win mag ought wait, to be able to do it wait no 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 wait a minute wait a minute you mean the missus has like she hasn't no seen no it no yet. no i have to hope he makes it a few more days and that some other neighbor um namely one who would shoot anything that he could you know but doesn't doesn't get a crack at them first. Oh, I just thought you finally got a like a oh no a hall pass. Oh no no no. When I had five racked bucks in the yard at one time, brother, I feel you. <laughs> when I had that, and I tried to use the line, well, our property can't support that many deer. She clearly she said got, they she could shut go. That down they could quick. go somewhere else. She became the president be of PETA. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and it is nice. And let I me know, tell I'm you, the kidding. day the day I watched that big eight point chasing does all through my yard, it that's enjoyable. That's enjoyable to sit there and watch. You know, it, it, it's funny, and this is something. I mean, you've talked about it before. It's funny when you get antis that look at you and you say stuff like that, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you just want to run out the door and shoot them." No. no. 
It's it's cool. It's like we joke around. I mean, that time I called in with you guys. You guys didn't ask me. And well, no, you, but you, you'd shoot at him. Yeah, I, I'd shoot him. Yeah, you got you got those times <laughs> where you walk outside like him. I was on the phone with you guys, and I had my lady friend, as I wife likes to call her, up there at the woods, the doe that lived right there in the front yard. You know, she comes walking out and hey, kaboom. <laughs> You know, Lester down there, bless his heart, you know, he, I keep telling that he keeps taking pictures of these deer and stuff running around out there on his property. And I go, why are you torturing me, man? Why are you torturing me when I when I know that when you're out of town? You know, when you get on the RV and you're up there, hey, we're up here, me and Connie up in Milton, Illinois. So no one's watching the ranch? <laughs> so it's like. Uh, oh, them, they're eating your bushes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Come I, take care of it. You wouldn't believe how many plants I just saved, uh, all your petunias and everything you owe me. Um, but, uh, well, good luck if you're going to get down there this weekend. It'd be a nice one. Nice day to be out there farting around out in the woods for sure. Yeah. Well, I, for me, I just soon, uh, my buddy who, who purchased the property to get out there and start filling his freezer up with some of the stuff that's out there. Um, I think I'm going to work on building a cleaning station, uh, a little, little area to hoist the, the game up and that type of stuff. Maybe do a little bit more bush hogging. So Give you something to do this weekend. That'd be nice. Well, uh, if you need something to do next weekend, hopefully. Well, either way, we're going to be out at the Wild Game Dinner uh, out at the uh, Countryside Baptist Church. We're uh, working on being able to broadcast out there as we have for so many, many years. But uh, the thing is, is here being at the radio station, the equipment that we use uh, is also the same equipment <laughs> That Everybody when pe- else does. When people have COVID uh, and can't make it into the radio station, of course, they have to use uh, the equipment to uh, be able to broadcast from wherever it is they're locked down for their couple of weeks of, of uh, containment. So as I talked to our engineer yesterday, I said, uh, so wait a minute, you're telling me all the times that we've put those headphones and microphones in front of our faces, those have been like with COVID people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no wonder we're all immune to it here in this room. We've been wow. breathing it for a for months but uh we're gonna be out there trying to uh hopefully do a broadcast early in the morning and then of course um being able to stay for the rest of the day for the for the dinner itself would be really really nice and that dinner that wild game cookout the dinner portion is between 3 p.m and 6 p.m they're gonna have a classic car show like they've done in the past which is always which is really uh, interesting watching some of those vehicles come out there. It's all free, but uh, they're they're going to have a lot of different stuff. You know, yeah, they, they always have. They we always, always do. We always have great food. We always have a great time and and good fellowship. And it's all outdoors, so you know there's uh, plenty of room to uh, kind of social distance if you need to. Uh, usually that happens quite on its own after they get food and everybody separates and finds a little shade or somewhere to go sit down and enjoy the meal. Uh, strawberry shortcake for sure. You know it's going to be there. Usually we have venison and uh, wild hog and sausage. And Glenn always does a bunch of crappie and bass and whatever else he can get his hands on. We have the squirrel and rice guy, crawfish. Uh, what else am I missing? There's all kinds of stuff. We got the mountain man stew, which we never really know what's in it until the day of. Uh, usually that's announced on the well, show. Usually a mountain man doesn't know what's in his stew until right yeah. beforehand. Uh, in previous years, as you've heard on the show, we've had uh, mountain lion, we've had beaver, we had bear. Uh, my daughter always looked forward to it every single year because 
That way she can go back and tell her friends what she ate on Saturday. It's always a great adventure that she can go back and go, God, I had bear stew this Saturday. It was really awesome, whatever. <laughs> you know, so... And, of course, all of her little girlfriend friends at school are all like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you eat that stuff. She's like, it's really good. you got to try it. So uh, it's happening next weekend at the uh, Countryside Baptist Church over in Dover. Is that right? It's Dover? That's Dover area, yeah. right? And, yes, uh, it's at Diamond Hill Golf Club. It's right, right down right the road. Right across the road from it. Yeah, and the address is 13422 Sydney Road, Dover, right. Florida. Yeah, and it's it's right there. It's plenty of far parking to be out there and go do your thing. And uh, go out there and fill your belly for absolutely free. Have a great day out there. And uh, I'm also being contacted. I got contacted by uh, our friend Eric over at Dynasty Rods. He wants to donate another rod for the Panfish Challenge this year. Which uh, traditionally we do on Father's Day weekend, uh, and Father's Day this year is on a Sunday. So, of course, it always is on a Sunday. So, that means the uh, Panfish Challenge would be happening on uh, Saturday. But we're going to have to nail it down with uh, Mr. Jim to make sure because you know he likes to do that full moon voodoo thing. Uh, So, hopefully, it'll be falling into alignment where we get the full moon with Father's Day weekend. So that way all the shell crackers, everything's all on beds, and it makes it a lot easier for the kids to get out there and do their thing. But as you know, the closer we get to it, the more we'll be talking about it. Oh, but yeah. The Panfish Challenge is going to be happening again this year up at Lake Panasofsky, starting at the Panavista Lodge. So uh, mark your calendars. Let's start talking about it and thinking about it now so you have plenty of time. And just like last year, it'll all be outdoors and COVID-free. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. Let's not forget, of course, wild turkey season coming up here pretty soon. And uh, out of G5 on the 6th of uh, next month, uh, they'll be having their uh, big turkey extravaganza, the big turkey gathering going on out there at G5. A lot of folks going to be out there for that. We have uh, William Sullivan. We have uh, Chad Hodge. We have uh, all the guys. Um, Ellis is coming out. All these call makers, all these people are going to be there. Bill George is going to be hanging out there throwing candy to the kids dressed as Santa Claus, probably. I don't know hey. for sure. I mean, if he can get in there to talk about turkeys like that, he'll do it. But uh, it's going to be happening. So and then once turkey season comes around, we'll see very little of uh, Bill George here in the studio for whoa, sure. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Last year, last year I didn't miss too many days. Too many days. And uh, so he'll be, he'll be, uh, he'll be but, gone. We also have another event that we've done in the past. It got canceled last year, and we were going to – the FWC has it back on again this year, and that's on April 3rd. That's the fishing derby out at Tenerock. Yeah, yeah, that one's going on as well, the kids' fishing derby. Uh, always a good time out there for that. Lots of kids show up for that and casting contests and prizes to give away and everything else like that. It's always a – Always a good time. So yeah, it you know it is it's such a nice event out there. Um, the place they have for those kids to go fishing is just it's just beautiful. Lots of docks for them to get out 
over the water, but there's also a lot of bank that you could turn around on that particular lake, go out and fish. They generally have law enforcement come out, different different groups, you know, to, to kind of show off FWCs, you know, different things. It's it's real nice event. Looking forward to doing it again. It'll be a fun time had by all, of course, as we get closer to the springtime. I think a lot of fishing tournaments are going to try to fire back up that were missing last year. Uh, I know that Sheila uh, Tomontana is working on the Titan the Drag Foundation uh, fishing tournament, trying to get that back up and running again at full speed. Uh, St. Pete, uh, the Open, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they're going to be going full. I mean, dude, it's springtime comes up. It, it gets crazy all over again. We're kind of like in the lull. The lull. The end of deer season is going to be coming up here uh, this weekend, I think. It's this weekend, right? Today is this last weekend. Last weekend of General Gun, and then you've got six days uh, of primitive in North Florida. Yeah, that's the only ones left. And then after that, it's, you know, turkey on the brain. So it jumps right in there. I think we get a week off. What what is the most COVID-friendly fishing tournament that you know of? I would have to say to, uh, well, any of them is. It's the gathering at the beginning or the end that's the hard part. Uh, Everybody else is pretty much social distance out there, especially if you're underwater, you know, with the St. Pete Dive Club. There's where I was thinking. You got the St. Pete Dive Club, you know, you turn around, you're underwater, you're wearing a mask, you're socially distant. (laughs) Uh, What more could you ask? You're breathing filtered air. You've already got the mask. Then you already have a mask. That's right. (laughs) You know, you can't get more COVID friendly with that. Yeah, yeah, as long as uh, the way in, everybody kind of stays apart anyway, because you're carrying a big old giant bag of fish. Or let me say it like this. You're actually wearing a mask that could prevent you from... Well, <laughs> oh, I'm but, sorry. Did I say that out loud? But, kind of. You know, that that event, you know, I know is a great event out there also. Those those fishermen, a lot of those fish are donated. I know uh, people get out there, all that fish that comes in that, that gets donated, gets filleted, put out to people that need it, you know, organizations that need that protein to feed people. So Well, and you made a point earlier about that with people and i was told by somebody that i know that works with the like the food the kitchens and soup kitchens and stuff like that and they actually told me that their donations of wild game are up right now from any other time before well and and some of that may be the fact that people don't have all the other things that they can do. And so there's more people that just enjoy going out there in the woods. They maybe get something, then they bring back and donate the portion that is above what they need to, to, to sustain them, which is always good. So, so nanner nanner to all you antis out there that say that hunters don't help out for people. (laughs) They do. Uh, Usually when you're, uh, you know, your freezer's full, and you see somebody who might not uh, have as much. It's always pretty easy to donate a little leftover of what you got. Uh, that makes it a lot easier when you're doing that. Uh, with this year coming up, it's going to be hopefully a lot of people out there doing their uh, fishing and have the opportunity to do it. And hopefully by the end of the deer season, your freezers will be full and ready for hurricane season. So mm-hmm. that's that's all there is to it. Uh, again, I wanted to kind of go down the list. If you just woke up, 
Uh, we are going to be out there at the Panfish Challenge again this year. We're also going to be doing the uh, Kids Fishing Tournament this year and uh, a lot of other things that are in between. <laughs> We're going to be just about everywhere we, we yeah. can be again and, this year. And I'd like to see, I'd like to try and take some of the equipment out one day and maybe maybe do a broadcast out from Turkey Camp, even if some of y'all are in here just in case it doesn't work right. Because um, it won't. Hey, hey, have have hey, have hope. I know one place we can do a broadcast, and I've been saying it for the last two months. So, yeah, I am. Well, not, I don't go to strip clubs, man. Sorry, I'm not going to do it. No, you, you, I'm not going there. It's not going to. I don't go either, so you ain't got to worry about that. Oh, I thought that's where you were going to go. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, wherever we end up, it'll be a good time had by all. <laughs> if you uh, if you look at the uh, the posts and everything, I wanted to bring this up because. Being in a uh, gun world, uh, I get a million questions every single day, and a lot of people are concerned about what the uh, new president is uh, was out there just hawking. Just about to ask you about that. About uh, firearms and everything else, and one of the most scary ones, if you have not seen it yet, was a bill that was introduced uh, by a young lady, the uh, Sabika, uh, Sabika Shriek Firearms Bill. It's HR one twenty seven. And, uh, of course, when I posted a link on there, most of it was pretty smarmy, like, no, 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 we're, we're not coming after your guns. We're not going to do anything like that or make it any tougher or anything for you to be able to do anything whatsoever. <sighs> if you go down this entire when list. When do you wake up? When you go down this entire list of what they are looking for, um, it is, it is really, really scary. If you were going to do this, this is some of the things that are... I, I don't want to sit here and go through this whole thing because it would literally take the entire rest of the hour to cover all this stuff. But just to get on the highlights, under the, first off, firearms registration system, the owner of a firearm shall transmit to the Bureau, that meaning alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Now, this is on every single firearm that you own not just the hunting rifle or the black scary rifle or anything else like that you would have to supply the make model serial number of the firearm identity of the owner of the firearm the date of the firearm when it was acquired by the owner and where the firearm is or where it shall be stored and a notice to specify the identity of any person to whom or any period of time to which the firearm may be loaned to a person. So just like a machine gun, if you own a machine gun, I can't just loan it to Jonathan and say, hey, go out to the range and, yeah, go out, go shoot it, go have a good time. Unless there's written paperwork to say that it's going to be with Jonathan at this time, will be brought back at this time uh, under the legal part of it. And, of course, there's a deadline to supplying that information. The transmission required by the paragraph shall be made in the case of the firearm acquired before the effective date, this election is within three months of the effective date of the passage of the bill. So that means you got three months to go and register every single firearm that you have in the manner that I just described to you. Now, what kind of boondoggle do you think that's going to do with over 300 million firearms in the United States alone? Can I, can I tell you what I picture it to be? Kind of like when they opened up the uh, marketplace for health care 
and nobody could actually get on and do anything. Oh, it'll be worse than that. Oh, yeah. Because you got to figure that if... It won't be worse than that. You know why it won't be worse than that? Because people wouldn't do it. Well, and they're not going to, because uh, in general... What guns? uh, Now, here's the other scary part. Of course, now, this is when states are going to start filing lawsuits, because we have it in our state constitution that there is no gun ownership database in the state of Florida. I know I've had to explain that to a lot of people uh, a lot lately. Well, there is no gun database, but the stuff you were just talking about, uh, isn't there a little form that you fill out every time you buy a gun that pretty much covers all that except for where the, I mean. But that form stays at the gun shop. It That's what I'm saying. It doesn't get sent <laughs> off to the ATF. But in general, the new attorney general, whoever that is, uh, shall establish and maintain a database of all firearms registered pursuant to this subsection. So I will uh, read that to you when we come back because that right there in itself as well is also extremely scary. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. You can call if you want, 888-404-1010, We'll be right here. the Big and Wild Outdoors. Thank you so much for getting out, getting up, getting early, getting out and listening to us here at the uh, at the show. We appreciate it. And remember, if you uh, ever miss a moment of the show, you can always go and check out the uh, podcast slash uh, after show show that we do. Uh, of course, it's up at uh, bigandwild.com. There's a link right there that'll go. Uh, you can download it to your phone or you can listen to it yeah. right there on the page or do whatever you need to do. You can, of course, also find us on Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, some streaming thing it, out of Sweden, and yeah. you know wherever else uh, uh, they're made available to you. You're talking about the donkey the, show, those, I don't know, man. They're the way that, that podcast goes out, you know, it, it goes out and it gets broadcast through a feed, and there's just so many people that pick up that feed. Um, it, it makes it real nice, but it. it, it Carlos listens to it a lot when he's riding on the road, some of the past past shows and this and that. And, you know, we, we've talked to so many different people. And one, one of the shows that people talk about a lot is when your brother was fishing on the St. Pete Pier. Okay, Braden, when Bart was out there and that cop came to harass him, the guard, security guard or whatever, do you remember that, or are you just playing on the phone? No, I'm just making sure that my story's still up, that I was going to continue, but go uh, ahead. Okay. Well, I was saying one of the events that happened was when your brother was fishing out there on the pier, and that guard came to, to harass him, and we were all sitting there talking, and I was like, well, just get him to hold the rod for a second, then take a picture of him with it and say, ah, you're fishing. So you take a picture of that. We need to, we need to organize that fishing tournament out there. Uh, that would probably, <laughs> it would be an impromptu type thing. I don't think you're going to want to do it where you're going to try to go through proper channels. 
because as soon as you go down there and try to get a permit or anything else for that kind of activity, they're going to deny it right off the no, bat. It'd no. be one of those, like, flash mob things. I just, <laughs> it's just, well, you know. You can do that at any time. And, uh, you know. Spontaneous we'll fishing. Just go do it and go do it. And the more people that are doing it, I'm sure that uh, once a brown pelican is uh, hooked by somebody, then they'll shut it down permanently. So uh, it is what it is. But uh, I don't know. That's one yeah. of them that's. Maybe doable if we're all ready to go to 49th Street. Been there, don't like it, eggs suck, and I don't want to have to go through it again. So uh, it's one of those things where we'll just have to make that decision when we when we get there. Yeah. Well, you don't have to put a hook on just to wait, throw it out there. Straightening you know? my line, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just all straightening out my line. Unraveling the kinks. Yeah, just getting out there and uh, just... Taking out the wind knots. Straightening out all my, uh, all my braided lines out there and just get her done. Uh, before the break, we were talking about the uh, bill that was being introduced into the House of Representatives by a, a young lady, and uh, we are now on the access part of the Attorney General establishing a database for all firearms registered in pursuant to this subsection. The Attorney General shall make the contents of the database that they have now taken all your information of every gun that you own accessible to all members of the public. So now your name and your serial numbers and every gun that you own is now available to anybody who wants to look it up, or at least that's what they're hoping for. It shall also make it uh, accessible to all members of federal, state, and local law enforcement authorities and all branches of the United States Armed Forces and all state and local governments as defined by the Bureau. So everybody's going to know what you have and when you bought it and where it is and how it's being stored and everything else like that. Uh, and that's just all at the beginning of it. Uh, the other things, the attorney general shall issue an individual a license to possess a firearm and ammunition if the individual is has obtained 21 years of age after applying for the license, undergoes a background, a criminal background check conducted by the National Instant Criminal Background Check System established under Section 103 by the Brady Handgun Violence Prevention Act. And the check will not indicate that, a pre- that the possession of a firearm by an individual would violate subsection blankety-blankety-blank of the state law. You also have to undergo a psychological evaluation conducted in accordance with this other paragraph. Uh, an evaluation does not indicate that the individual is psychologically unsuited to possess a firearm and then successfully completes the training course certified by the Attorney General in use of safety and storage of firearms that include at least 24 hours of training and demonstrates that on insurance of a license that the individual will have in effect an insurance policy issued under subsection D. So you have to go through 24 hours of training. Everything has to be registered. Everybody, it's going to be public information, and everybody, including the armed forces of the United States military, will know what you have. You have to go through the, uh, have a license to own each and every one of your firearms. I'm sure it'll be one for each. And then, of course, uh, you also have to go through a psychological exam. What they don't cover in this, as we go down farther and farther, not only do you have to get a psychological exam, but anybody else living in the household where the gun is being stored, and anybody who's related to you or not related to you over the past so many years. So that means if you were divorced, they're going to go talk to your ex-wife or your ex-husband 
or your ex-boyfriend if it was a live-in situation or whatever it is. So all those things, of course, just to own a firearm. Antique firearm for display. If you have like a old flintlock that you got above the fireplace or anything else like that. Family heirloom. No, 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 no. You'd have to have a license to display an antique firearm in a residence. If the individual is a license holder, you still have to have a license for it. Supplies proof that the individual owns the antique firearm. So do you got to have written permission from your great-great-grandfather who passed away and left it in the family, as you just pointed out? Somehow. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you'll have to, you know, probably get rid of it. Mm-hmm. You also have to let the attorney general know and describe the manner in which the firearm will be displayed in accordance with regulations prescribed by the attorney general that certifies that the firearm will so be displayed and demonstrate that the individual has provided enough storage of the firearm in a safe or a facility provided or approved by the attorney general for the storage of the firearm. If you have a military-style weapons license, which you now have to have, the Attorney General shall issue an individual license to own, possess a military-style weapon if the individual is a license holder. Uh, after applying for the license under the subparagraph, successfully completes training course certified by the Attorney General in the use, safety, and storage of the weapon, includes 24 hours of training and live fire training. <laughs> so you have to go through that. And the psychological evaluation for owning a military-style weapon in accordance with the Attorney General. The evaluation shall be conducted in compliance with such standards as shall be established by the Attorney General. Evaluation conducted by a licensed psychologist approved by the Attorney General. So you can't just go to your brother-in-law who's a psychologist unless he's approved by the Attorney General. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Is deemed necessary listen you have to be deemed necessary to own the gun by the licensed psychologist involved in the evaluation including a psychological evaluation of others in the household (laughs) in which the individual resides as part of the psychological evaluation the licensed psychologist interviewed by any spouse of the individual any former spouse of the individual and at least two other persons who are a member of the family or an associate of the individual to further determine the state of mental, Look, emotional, rational stability of the individual in the relation to firearms. As far as I'm concerned, you could take that bill as it is filed. You could take it on a sharp desk edge and run it back and forth a whole bunch of times. The paper will get soft, and then you'll be able to use it as toilet paper. <laughs> Well, and then, of course, it goes on, of course, with all of the other stuff. Jonathan's still trying to picture that. No, I'm not. There's, I could tell you something else they could do with that. Well, and then, of course, uh, everything else that's under it for a little while is basically the same thing that's on the 4473. Uh, If you've ever beamed, uh, if you're prohibited from owning a firearm because, you know, you've been hospitalized with a mental illness, disturbance, diagnosis, including depression, homicidal uh, intentional suicidal tendencies, attempted suicide, addiction to a controlled substance, uh, including alcohol, brain disease, including dementia or Alzheimer's, uh, and the count of conduct where you've actually in, uh, endangered others or yourself. So those are just some of the things that have actually been going on with all this kind of stuff, and we're not even halfway through it. I mean, it is literally crazy. Uh, so, uh, John, you're on there? Big hands, John, you're on hey, the air? Man. 
What's going on? Yeah, brother, how you doing? Good. Hey, man, I, uh, a very important part of that bill that they're trying to force through, too, they want you to pay $800 a year in taxes for every firearm that you own. Well, that's to cover the insurance. That's their estimate on what it would be for each individual. Now, they don't say for each individual firearm, but it does say for the insurance of. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so well, they're trying to double. They're trying to double stack it, though. I know a couple of people that have read into it a little bit, and that clause is also in there that they want to possibly tax you eight hundred dollars a year for every firearm you own, yeah. and limit you to yeah. the amount of ammunition you can have. That's right, and you got to remember if you go down even farther in this uh, for the expiration of your license that you have, in the case of a license that's only in effect for less than five years. And one year after your insurance or renewal, as the case may be. So um, yeah. the, chance, the chances are that you have to renew that license every five years. And then again, don't forget that also here in the bill is once your license is up, you don't just get to go and renew it. You now have to go back and only get eight hours of training. So you have to get exactly. retrained again. So you have to go pay for your Li-Fi training or whatever it is that you have to do every five years. To be so, able to own so translation for all those listening that are my age group, the legal people getting screwed over again. Yeah, because yeah, exactly because yeah. It, yeah, they, I'm that age group too. Because it's <laughs> so, only the legal people that that these words actually mean anything to. Because anybody yeah, well, who, who owns one that's not legal is um, is uh, not going to give two craps in a handbasket about any of this stuff. Exactly, so. they don't care, and yeah. it doesn't have any merit them on them at all. Well, well I'm just. The sad state of affairs, man. You well, know? now I, I'm not going to ask you uh, whether you would comply or not because that's an individual choice. But uh, asking uh, for a friend, what do you think your friends are going to think about this activity? Uh, they're not going to do it, and neither am I. I'm a retired Marine. You're not going to take my guns. It's not happening. Well, there you go. There's you know, there's it's, one it's just... there, there's one pissed off guy I want in my group. I pick him. <laughs> <laughs> I pick. I pick. It. It's, it's like it's like playing dodgeball. I'll take John. <laughs> well, I you know I work helping veterans, man. That's what I do, and that's why I have the name Big Hands John. I, I do it all over the area, and I've been doing it for a long time. Well, good for and you, I man. Some of the things that. Well, thanks, brother. I appreciate it. it you know, it's uh, it's a shame that people are trying to pull the stuff that they're trying to pull. And, you know, I have grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and my big problem nowadays is the inaccountability for people that do the crap that, and get away with it. Yeah, you know, that's Nobody's sorry. accountable for what they do. I was going to ask. It's somebody else's fault. I, I was going to ask you, I don't know how many firearms you may or may not have or lost in a boating accident or whatever may the case may be, but... <laughs> If you ever did own a firearm if in, in the time that you've lived uh, as a civilian, not necessarily in times of, of combat or anything else, but has any of your firearms ever jumped out of the safe, run down the street, and actually harmed anybody before? Never. Never. Well, that's that's, that's Never that. at all. You know, and it's, it's so absurd, some of the stuff that they're trying to spoon feed the American public, and it's really sad that so many people are buying into it. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? It's. It's uh, it's really bad. The demographics of us that really are professional people and abide by the laws and the rules and the regulations, we yeah. all do what we're supposed to do. You know, yeah. I swore an oath when I went in the military to defend this land, to defend the Constitution against foreign and domestic enemies. I've never been relieved of that 
obligation. No, even when they said thank I'm you. Military. Yeah, thank you. Get out. Get nope. off my base. And uh, they didn't say uh, go ahead and renounce your uh, your oath. They don't nope. ask you to do nope. that. Yeah. Nope. They I don't, don't. I don't think and, a lot you know, of people realize never, that. Yeah, you know. So you know, there's a lot of us out here that, and I'm not trying to be, you know, start up anything or anything like that. I'm just an American voice and an opinion. Yeah. You know, I think it's pretty absurd, and and you can only poke the dog so many times before he bites you. You know, and that's what I fear is in the future. More people that don't really take it calmly and overreact to a situation or just react to something that may or may not be detrimental to their opinions and well-being. Well, so, I, I look at it this way. I try to think of it as a rational, uh, regular-thinking human being. First, I ask myself when I read something like this, I go, first off, I'd like to know one sheriff, at least within our listening area, uh, if if they would comply and actually go with what the federal mandate is. I really don't think that a guy like Grady Judd is, if he gets a phone call from the attorney general and says, hey, uh, Sheriff Judd, I need you to go knock on everybody's door and find out uh, what firearms they have in the house, he's going to go, are you out of your mind? I am not yeah, going exactly. to go put my deputies out on the street to knock on doors to take away somebody's Second Amendment right? Are you out of your No, I see Grady saying, mind? sure, you're going to ride with me while we do it. No, he's going to say there's, <laughs> there's no way. I mean, it, No, Grady, Grady, I don't think he'll do it. No, no, he's, I don't think anybody in their right mind would, to I don't be totally think, honest with you. You know, you may, have, yes, you may have a lot of mayors who jump on that bandwagon, but, but I don't think sheriffs are going to be along for the ride. I really don't. But, I, I I turn around. It's like it's always a distraction. I think they keep us fighting amongst and worried about everything, so they can keep doing all the rest of the stuff that they do and not have all the heat on that. They'll make us chew up on this for a while, and it won't happen. But we'll see. No, but it'll sure. You know, there's these are the kinds of things and the kinds of topics that come up that really push those people that are on the pivot point one way or the other. Well, big. John, we got to take and a hard I, break, man. I think you're right. All right, well, thank All right you. brother. You guys be good. Thanks, yeah. man. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Thanks for the call. We really do appreciate it. I do really do. I, thank you for your service, man. I mean, you know, you devil dogs, man, don't get enough credit for the hard work you do. That's for sure. All right, we're taking a break. We'll get back to it when we come back. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. Jonathan, Bill George, and uh, Diego hanging out here in the studio with you this morning. We appreciate you, uh, John, giving us a call before the uh, break there. We really do. Uh, keeping on this this um, bill that was being introduced, H.R. 127, this time, you know, they don't want to mess it up. You know, last time when they did the Clinton ban, they just kind of threw some general descriptions of what it was and there was a list of certain firearms that they did not like you to to own and so the term military style weapon they're being a little more you know defined in their meanings for that uh, means any weapons or firearms 
or copies or duplicates of the firearms in any caliber known as uh, Norinco, Mitchell, Polytech, uh, Polytech, you know, uh, Polytechnologies, automatic, you know, Kalishkinikovs, any AKs, all models, doesn't matter, all models, Action Arms, Israeli Military Industries, Uzi, Galil, Beretta AR-70, the SC-70, Colt AR-15, uh, Fabergé National, that's FN, FAL, FN, LAR, and the FNC. Uh, Smith & Wessons, of course, MP5s, MP15s, M, you know, M15s, all the, all the ones we sold during Christmas, little 22s, M10, M11, M11, M9, and M12, Styrog, Intertech, Tech9, Tech DC9, Tech 22s, which are really hard to find, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, revolving cylinder shotguns, you know, because we still sell the hell out of those, never. Uh, what know, did the military use a revolving cylinder shotgun? Street Sweeper, Striker 12 out of South Africa. They were South African designed, you know, uh, back in the day. And there's mm-hmm. some other ones that are made. Uh, semi-automatic rifle that has the ability to accept a detachable magazine and has at least two of the following. Uh, a telescoping or folding stock. Uh, pistol grip that protrudes uh, conspicuously beneath the action of the weapon. Bayonet mount. Flash suppressor or threaded barrel designed to accommodate a flash or a suppressor. Think about how many Ruger Americans and others that were sold this in this country that are bolt action that will accept a larger magazine that have a threaded barrel so that you can put a suppressor, suppressor on it. Or brake so or anything else. Even though it's a bolt action, I know they say semi-auto, but you know that they're going to it's not a loophole Let, gun. D- just to save you from having to read the whole list, and I'll put this in layman's terms, what he's talking about covers every firearm out there 1022s things like there that. there is every ev- whoever's wrote this has covered every firearm manufactured and that's what i love in some form or fashion just well and about. that's what i love when you get into this argument you get the people that and colin noir somebody we follow on facebook and i love to watch his videos and stuff like that and he did one where he dressed as four different characters to where he had the hunter the target shooter the three gun guy, and I forget what the fourth one was, or the concealed carry guy, or something like that. And that's my whole problem: is it's just like with hunting, just like with fishing. Everybody thinks that your little niche is not going to be affected, but that's the problem: is your everybody is affected. We're all in the same boat. We're all in the same taxi, or whatever you, analogy you want to use. You know, it's it's all lumped together. I mean, that's. <laughs> <laughs> That's it in a nutshell. The big one that, of course, I mount to every one of my rifles, doesn't matter if it's a bolt action or not, is a grenade launcher. Got You know, I can't go in the woods without Dang it. Dang it. Uh, then we go on to the semi-automatic pistol that has an ability to accept a detachable magazine and has at least two of the following. Ammunition magazine that attaches to the pistol outside of the pistol grip. What? <laughs> I, you know. No mag extensions. Uh, yeah. A uh, threaded barrel barrel capable of accepting a barrel extender, flash suppressor, forward hand grip, or suppressor, or as they like to say, silencer. So all the little twenty twos, the all the other stuff that do a shroud. Now this is the one that gets me. A shroud that is attached to or partially or completely encircles a barrel, and that permits the shooter to hold the firearm with the non-trigger hand without being burned. So if you have a barrel shroud on your firearm, you can't do that. 
uh, manufactured weight of more than 50 ounces or more when the pistol is unloaded and a semi-automatic version of an automatic firearm. So they do make a fully automatic Glock, and they do make a fully automatic Beretta, you know, 92. It's not the same class. But so would a Glock 19 or or 22 or 17 or anything? Basically to me, that sounds like they just covered every Glock. Would be be a copy of that particular firearm because they look exactly alike. Yeah. Um, uh, a semi-automatic version of an automatic firearm and a semi-automatic shotgun that has at least two of the following, a folding or telescopic stock, pistol grip that protrudes conspicuously beneath the action of the weapon. So all those turkey guns that have been purchased with a pistol grip stock on there would now be illegal. You know what's nice about the pistol grip? Is you're not getting carpal tunnel trying to hold it when you're waiting for that dang turkey. To I come love in. it. I love Thumb it. Thumbhole stocks. A fixed magazine capacity that exceeds uh, the access of five rounds, which is basically every shotgun that has a tube underneath it. If you take the plug out of it, you know that it holds at least five. You know, some hold six, some hold Who larger. Uses plugs. But well, you, you do when you're bird hunting. I hope. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, so every one of those has the ability to hold five or more. The ability to accept a detachable magazine. So as Jonathan pointed out, you've pretty much covered every just about every shotgun. You've covered every firearm. Not right. just a rifle, Listen. shotgun. I mean, you name it. That's not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless they look like those stupid little uh, space age, weird looking ARs and stuff that, you know, that are all compliant in California that have the little paddle on the grip. So you can't put your hand all the way around it and. The trigger's mounted way up on the side. You can't detach the magazine and all the other happy crap like that. And and no one buys them. And if they do, they change all that out. I mean, it, it just, I'm sorry, they do. They change it out, and that's the way they do it. Um, and then, of course, uh, it goes on to go with the uh, penalties and other uh, pro- prohibitions that it comes to the firearm when it comes to buying licensing and ammunition and all the other stuff like that. I think you said it best. There's uh, going to be a lot of boat I accidents. still hear a bump stock go off every once in a while around me. How do you know it's a bump stock and not just some guy with a fast finger? I don't. You don't? Sure. But I'm telling you, they're burning a lot of ammo. Have you ever seen uh, this little guy that nobody's ever heard of called Jerry Micklick? You ever heard him shoot There's a revolver? Some, yeah. You ever seen a guy shoot eight shots in a revolver in less than two seconds? Me. But it doesn't matter. Yes, it does. He, he has the ability. He has the ability to shoot it. He has a He's bump a, stock. Whoever this is has a bump stock, and they don't care. Come take it. You don't know that. You don't know that they have a bump stock. Come take it. Yeah. All Come right. take it. They say. Here we go. Break. Hour number three is coming up. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. There you go. We'll be back. <laughs> 